Hello everyone, and welcome to King's Talk, presented by Capsity Crown. This is Tony, with me, as always, we've got John. It's the off-season, officially for the Kings. I mean, it has been, I guess, for at least a week now. But uh, now it really feels like the off-season. The playoffs are far enough away now where we can start looking toward the future. Um, it is an important off-season ahead, as the Kings look to improve on forty-eight a 48-win season. Um, they have several free agents that they should either go after or maybe a couple of players on their team there should resign. I don't know. It's a lot going on. Or maybe not as much as past off seasons. Um, I don't know. Here we are. It's an interesting time. But, uh, John, how are you feeling about this off season? Um, I think what's interesting about this off season and what lies ahead is in a lot of ways it's similar in that there's like acute objectives like last season you had to get a head coach you know you had a number four overall pick and then like this year you have decisions about Barnes potential free agents but overall it's like I feel like the difference between a year ago and now was that there was kind of like it was kind of like a big picture kind of idea going towards like whatever the big picture goal is but now that goal has been narrowed it's a about improving upon 48 wins it's about actually competing for the conference title i mean whether or not they're ready for it we'll see the offseason's got to play out but it's kind of funneling down into specifics now and uh i think that's kind of exciting <laughs> it's uh, not kind of a vague uh situation of like can the kings get better can they make the play-in it's like no are they are they are they a contender or not so kind of interesting in that manner i think it's interesting too which has been it's going to be totally different from past years is that we're not going to have a pick in the lottery um i don't think we had a draft pick a first round pick in 2000 what was it 19 yeah i was gonna say because we had traded it to the that sixers deal that was just a terrible move by vlade um other than that, I mean, the Kings are just, you know, they're just always in the lottery and it's just going to be a lot different this year. Honestly, the draft is like, it feels like it's been put on the back burner because <laughs> uh, you're talking about a late first round pick. Yeah, is- 24th, I believe. I, the only exciting part, I guess, that may be picking where we are, and even that is kind of a stretch at this point. What I'm about to say is that we. We're kind of in the Chris Murray range, Keegan's brother, um, his twin brother. I think a lot of mock drafts, I see him going 19 to the Warriors, which would be kind of interesting. But um, at, at number 24, I guess if he if he falls or maybe the Kings want to trade up to get him, I, I don't know. I don't know how well he would fit. I haven't really done too much research in the draft and the players, but... Um, yeah. Other than that, just because you have to usually like the front, the front thing going on at this time. It's like, all right, I think the draft lottery, it's, it, it might be this week. Maybe it's next week. I don't remember. But, um, you know, because <laughs> I don't care. It's you. It's usually like one of the bigger, bigger moments of the offseason. It's like, all right, let's see, how, let's see the Kings can move up. No, this year it's kind of just like, all right, well, 24th pick. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the thing, mm-hmm. the thing that makes me happy about that is we won't have to see, uh, Sabonis show up to the lottery drawing <laughs> and wearing that terrible outfit. And that was a pretty bad outfit. The I'm vest. like, where, what, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like the shiny silver suit material. 
Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. But hey, it's, it was luck. We got the number four pick and turned that into Keegan Murray, who today actually or yesterday, whenever. I mean, we technically record this on a Monday, uh, but we don't release till Tuesday. Um, he got named to the All Rookie First Team. I don't think that's too big of a surprise. He is the for him. He set the rookie record and three pointers made and. Was the first rookie to hit 200 threes in a season. He had a great rookie year. He had a decent playoff run too. So I just want to put that put that out there. Keegan, you know, give him his props. All rookie first team. I don't first first player since Bagley was Bagley first team all rookie. I don't even remember. I th- he was one of the. I don't know if he was. I think he was first team. I think he was first team too. Dude, so crazy that, that's what you have to live up to, Keegan. <laughs> All you got to do is not get hurt and not be a little baby. Oh, no. Halliburton was probably first team all rookie. Oh, my goodness. How do we forget? Ty? Was he? He had to have been, right? But there's also like Lamelo and yeah, Anthony he was... Edwards, who are also rookies. Yeah. yeah. And then Halliburton got hurt mm-hmm. at the end of that season. He was, he, was NBL. he was all rookie first team. Okay. It worked out then. Yeah. Kings had that's McNair for you. Was Davion was he was he all rookie? I don't think so. Ah, I don't think he was. But uh, yeah, I mean, on the notion of Murray making it, that's just another thing to add to the accolades uh, related to the Kings this season. Mm-hmm. Up and down, it's crazy. From McNair, Brown, different players getting recognized. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They should have an Iron Man award. Yeah, well, I know who'd win it. It'd be Michael Bridges, and that's that's funny that you say that, um, because Michael Bridges played eighty three games this year, one more game than the regular NBA season, because he got traded to the Nets, and I guess they had one more game. I don't, you know, whatever. Right. I didn't even know that. I yeah, he no played eighty three this year. Um, which brings up an interesting point to bring Michael Bridges and Keegan Murray together and the offseason, kind of all tied into one. I saw a proposed trade on Bleacher Report. I think they just did like uh, like all the all the playoffs teams that lost in the first round. Like here's a proposed trade for the offseason for them. And it was like Rashawn Holmes, Keegan Murray, and two future first round picks for Michael Bridges. What What do you think about that trade? I don't know. I mean, like that does do the Nets even want to get rid of Bridges? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm kind of I don't know about that situation either. Because it's the same question with Cam Johnson. Because a lot of people are like, the Kings should go out and sign Cam Johnson. I'm like, are the Nets gonna let him go? I mean, I think he's an RFA, restricted free agent. Right. But again, you'd have to, um, you know, outbid the Nets at that point, or hope that the Nets just. <laughs> don't care i don't know i mean like i feel like anytime you get into that that discussion i don't know what the nets plans are but if i had to assume i mean they traded away some of the best players in the league ever and they got some of the more up-and-coming players i mean i feel like they're on a pretty decent track i don't know if they'd want to do that but if the kings could do that you'd be getting a legitimate two-way player that would you know i mean like just speaking strictly, because it's like you don't want to think about getting rid of Murray because Murray's got such upside to him. But 
I mean, Bridges is ready to go. I mean, like that would put you in the driver's seat right now. But I don't know. I just don't know if I ever really see that happening. I think that'd be cool, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not really sure if the Nets would do it either. I'm not really sure what they're going for right now. Well, let's okay. Let's get rid of being uh, reasonable and let's just let's act like he's he's total. Like the Nets don't give a crap and they, they'll. Okay, say the Nets offered us that trade. I don't know. It'd be really hard to part with Keegan Murray this early. And, and two firsts? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and two firsts. I, I could part with two firsts and like Davion Mitchell Yeah, for Michael Bridges. Or I, I wish we just had like one other like prospect. Was like, yeah, I'd, I'd be down to get rid of him, but who has enough like value? And maybe Mitchell proved himself enough in the playoffs and as a starter throughout his career where maybe the, the Nets who... Or on the rebuilding path at this point, it seems like, or like, oh, maybe you want to take a chance on him. I, just, I don't know if that will be enough for Michael Bridges, though. Um, yeah, because Michael, I mean, Michael Bridges had a huge second half on the Nets, um, and he showed that he can be like a star player on his own if needed to be. Um, or when he was on the Suns, went to the champ, or you know, went to the finals with the Suns as like a role player, and was a great role player. So he showed that he can fit like each role very well. He's just a good player, good on both sides of the ball. I, I just I think Bridges would be so good on this team, fits the timeline. Um, I just, I don't know if the Kings have what it takes unless they offer three first rounders. Really, I don't know. The the, the market's so weird nowadays. Just like. So so many picks are always involved in every trade now. So. Yeah, I wonder if you could just throw five second round picks, and that, <laughs> yeah. does, that, does that equate to two first round now? <laughs> yes, yeah, so especially if you're talking about a team that'd be getting McCall Bridges. So I mean, like that's uh, that's uh, that's that's that you're talking about a team that's not going to have a high pick most likely. So aren't those yeah. essentially second round picks? I don't I, know. Right, that's a good point. And like the the value of second round picks just in this trade deadline alone was interesting so yeah. high i mean yeah. i don't know why second round picks are worth so much like i mean i think I, I think drafts are getting a little deeper nowadays you see you see decent guys getting picked in the second round nowadays unlike years past but still i don't know yeah i mean and honestly the fact that mcnair didn't use second round picks in the trade deadline like it almost makes you wonder is he just loading those up to make a big move I, that's yeah. not that doesn't not really something I have an answer to, but I mean that's the great thing about McNair is like if you listen to his uh, end of season presser last Wednesday, just non answers galore. That's what I put in my notes. This <laughs> is not like non-answers vague. Galore. Yeah, it's just vague. We'll sit down and talk about it in a couple weeks. I mean, like to be fair, it's like the season had just ended days before, but it was funny when they're like asking Mike Brown on last Tuesday about that stuff. He's like. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to riding my Harley. Like, what are you, what are you asking me these questions for? <laughs> His so Harley? Really, Mike Brown? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a big uh, motorcycle guy. Really? Yeah. Fel- he, a helmet can fit over that, that noggin? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with that noggin, he is not required to wear a helmet. <laughs> he's a hard-headed guy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's tough to say. But, like... You know, and the more and more you think about it, it's just like if the Kings had the opportunity to get Bridges, obviously that whole thing of putting Mitchell instead of Murray in there, that's a no-brainer. But even with Murray, even with the first-round picks, 
I don't know. I would. I, I feel like you got to go for that. I feel like Bridges is the level of player. We saw the jump he took getting basically the primary role in Brooklyn. The jump for next season has got to be huge. So I think you'd be getting one of the better players in the league. Again, a proven two-way player. And that would put you in the driver's seat in the Western Conference, I feel like. So you would trade Murray for him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. I might regret that, but I, I'm, I, I feel kind of okay saying that because I really don't feel like this is going to happen and, or even come close to. So I feel kind of free in that way, you know? I mean, hey, like if you asked me two years ago, would you trade Halliburton for Sabonis? I'd be very hesitant, but I mean, like where we where we are now, right? So yeah. I get it. I, I feel like as fans, um, you get attached to your rookies and you don't want to trade away a, a you know, a gem. I mean, Halliburton was an all-star this year and like that, but if it's going to work out for the better, it's going to work out for the better. So it's hard, you know, people get stuck getting attached, but I don't know. That's why I like McNair. I just, I just trust what that guy does. At the exactly. End of the day. I was just about to make that turn. I was just going to be like, and that's one of the reasons we use the phrase in McNair. We trust so much Yeah, <laughs> because he's proven that whatever decision he makes is, at the very least, level-headed and not going to hurt you. And in a uh, you know, on the plus side, it can do something like you know, into playoff drought, get all sorts of different young talent on this team that's oriented towards their their primes coming up. I mean, whatever he wants to do. And we got the executive of the year. He won that for a reason. Yeah, which is just so. <laughs> it just seemed like even more so than Mike Brown, in my opinion, it was just like that. Just feels like a no-brainer. Yeah. Did you you see the Stockton GM won executive of the year too? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Stockton had a hell of a year. I feel like I want to pay more attention to that uh, G League situation next season. Yeah, they got a lot of players. They got like, uh, what's his name? Trey Burke. Remember Trey Burke? Yeah. Yeah. He went to... The guy that went to Michigan? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Trey Burke. With uh, with Stauskas. (laughs) He went to Michigan with Stauskas and Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, well, we were talking about Jimmer last week. We could talk. You got a Stauskas story? Uh, I I own two Kings jerseys, Jimmer Fredettes and Nick Stauskas's. So, was the Stauskas thing when you and uh, two fellows went and you guys all got a Stauskas jersey in a different color? No, that was Jimmer. That was after oh. he got traded though, too, because they were half off. Oh, okay, that makes um, sense. Stauskas, I have. If you remember, he was called Sauce Castillo during like mm-hmm. a uh, like a uh, what's it called like closed captioning um, during a game, mm-hmm. and they had like a Sauce Castillo night at the Kings on Easter, <laughs> like back in 2014 or 15, um, and they gave away shirts. And a Sauce Castillo shirt, and while you were leaving the arena, they gave away two bottles of hot sauce that said, like, Sauce Castillo on it, and each person who left got two. And I, I still have mine. My two hot sauce bottles. Sauce Castillo. And he also paired up with a, um, like, a hot sauce brand, and oh <laughs> they sold Sauce Castillo. And I was at, like, I was at the store one day, and I was like, Go, like I was in the like discount bin, I was like looking. It was just like <laughs> it was a sauce Castillo like hot sauce, like the 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 real one he partnered up with. I'm like, well, I guess I got to add this to the collection of my <laughs> hot sauce. <laughs> and so, 
Yeah. That's my, that's my Nick Stauska story. Man. That seems like the beginning of the hot sauce craze when everybody was doing hot sauce. Yeah, that's true, huh? Hot sauce is big. There's like I was, this I was just, huh? There's this place at the Grove in L.A. Uh-huh. I used to live in, live in L.A. And they have like this little store because there's like little shops and stuff there. And uh, it's just dedicated to hot sauce. And you can see that type of place like everywhere. I'm just like, do people actually care that much about I mean, maybe I don't get it, but. You know, just give me pepper plant hot sauce. I'm good to go. I don't need crazy, you know, this will burn the hairs on your brain. I'm like, there's hairs on our brain? Like, what? They just have the crazy, they just try to outdo each other. And it's just like, can you even taste anything anymore? Have you burned your taste buds? I don't know. This is King's talk, not hot sauce talk. So let's just change it. Hot, hot sauce talk. It's the summertime. It's starting to get hot outside. It's time to talk about some sauce. <laughs> That's what the offseason is going to do to us. Yeah. All nah. summer long. No, we're not going to be talking about the sauce. We'll be talking about the draft like Grady Dick. Grady Dick. Explain. Great. It's just the greatest name in the draft. Just, I can't wait till uh, Adam Silver goes out there and goes, with the 15th pick in the NBA draft, Grady Dick. What, uh, what school does he go to? Kansas, I think. Can- it sounds like a Kansas name. Yeah. Like, uh, well, it doesn't, it's not similar in the name, but like Christian Brown. Dude, it's so funny. You were going to, I was thinking Christian Brown too. <laughs> I don't know why. I was thinking Christian Brown when he kept saying Grady Dick. I feel like, I feel like if Grady Dick looked like someone, he would look like Christian Brown. And I well, hate yeah. that his name's Brown too. It should be Braun. <laughs> that is annoying. <laughs> but, but yeah, Kansas pumping out, hopefully, you know, gringos that can play a role on an NBA team because credit to Christian Brown. I mean, he carved out a role with Denver and like, that's kind of, that's a big deal for a, for a rook. So, yeah. Good for him. Good for, for Denver. Did you see Jokic push the, uh, the Suns <laughs> yeah. owner. Yeah. And it came out that he's not going to be suspended though. Uh, Nor should he. He got Jokic got. I think he got pushed before he ended up giving a giving a shove to the Suns owner, who flopped. By the way, who flopped and was holding the ball. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like Mike, like uh, Mike Malone said, it's like just just some guy thinking he's part of the game. Yeah, exactly. This, this is all funny. It's like he doesn't get special treatment because he's an owner. No, if you're gonna grab the ball. Man, whatever. I don't even care. Yeah. I was I was just like <laughs> watching this. I'm just like. It's not even worth my time. <laughs> like, he's not going to get suspended. And, you know, the Suns only shouldn't be holding on to the ball and then everyone start crying about it. Yeah. No. It's, it's, he got it's pushed. Especially in the playoffs where it's like, you know, Draymond did the stomp and then, like, Grant Williams got his head stepped on. And yeah. Like, it seems like everybody's grabbing each other's legs. Yeah. It's just crazy. And it's just like, no, the owner got pushed. That's wrong. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember Slam Ball? Yeah, they, like the trampoline. Is yeah, the, they're bringing that back. I saw that today. <laughs> Auditions being held, in, tryouts being held in the summer. If you want, if you want to go audition. Oh man, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> Slam Ball. I'm, gonna, I'm totally going to watch that too. We still got to get you to try out for uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors. They had an open yes. tryout back when we were in college. We were like, let's drive down there. Let's do it. <laughs> Tony had a great three-point shot. You could bring it right back. I'm sure, just a little bit. Yeah, back. wasn't wasn't Clay's brother on the Santa Cruz Warriors? 
Um, not Trace. Who's the other one? Was he? Yeah, he has a Michael. Michael Thompson. Yeah, I think he's a Michael Junior. That's crazy. Yeah, I think he's on the same family. I know. He's just the black sheep. He's only the one not. He's the one not in the <laughs> the pros. Trace <laughs> is just go play football, son. We got we got to represent each sport. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think the dad's rooting for? Against like, I mean, you assume he's rooting for his son, but he's also like a, a Showtime Laker. I don't know. I mean, I'm sh- probably like you, just can't lose. It's like whatever in the first yeah. round. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, it's like uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's probably just like one of those things where it's like, just don't hurt my son. Make sure he goes off. But he probably wants to keep working deep into the playoffs because he does the radio, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are saying that. I forgot. Yeah. So he's he's also technically works for the, the Lakers. Yeah, I totally forgot he does. Interesting. Anyways, <laughs> back to the king somehow. <laughs> what do we got? Well, you know, I mean, we could get more into the free agency, but we're going to have a lot of time to do that. And we are still coming off about a week away or a week past the end of the season. We did uh, first half graves, grades rather uh, at the all-star break for each guy. And um, I don't know, we could go through and uh, do the second half, which would include post all-star break. And, you know, there's seven playoff games. So uh, go ahead and go through that, assess people's performances, and maybe even assign a final grade if you want. Okay. I like it. You want to start with the point guards or starter? Let's just go through position. I think that's how we did it in the past. Position um, sounds good. We'll start with point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Um, I mean, A+. plus. Yeah. He got an Enough A+, plus in the first half, I think. Just in the fact that he kind of checked like all these boxes that we had. And then the second half, he just continued doing it. Um, And then, you know, uh, was it, when was his baby born? Hmm. Was baby rain born? That was, was he into February? Was that, that was that that Pacers game where he missed? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the end. That was February 3rd. That was the day I got married. Oh my gosh! I know. We, I think, I think my wedding anniversary is the the fox's baby's birthday. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, in short, though, Darren Fox did everything that he needed to do to close out the season, con- basically continuing that All NBA trajectory, and uh, he was the king of the playoffs. I mean, it was like, you know, him. Curry and Looney were just standouts in that series, and we'd throw Monk in there too, probably. But mm-hmm. Darren Fox, I mean, put himself on the map finally, just continuing to do what he did at a high level. Um, he's convinced me, and I feel like I was stuck with Sabonis on this whole thing the whole year. But it's just like man, Fox is. It feels like he's the best player, and I feel like I mean, I obviously, I feel like getting into this discussion so murky because it's like what do we even like it's clear cut between like you know who's the driving force and then who's kind of the stabilizing force but it just feels like fox is a little bit of both i mean definitely Mm -hmm. that driving force but even he is a little bit of a stabilizer 
Yeah, he, he proved he definitely kind of started changing that narrative. Not the narrative, but like our way of thinking during the playoffs for sure. When it really mattered when Sabonis was kind of being uh, held down or, you know, held back by the Warriors defense and Fox just shined. So he definitely raised some questions on maybe who the best player is. Um, I don't know. I guess that's you know what day, you know he it never did. really matters. Hmm. Yeah, he be he and he kind of done it since the beginning of the season, but it's just like he's the main leader of this team in so many different ways. That is true. He is I the mean, leader, or a leader by example. He's a he's he's probably one of the more vocal leaders. I think of him and Sabonis. He seems. I mean, Sabonis is out there. He's he's a great vocal leader as well. But I don't know. Just Fox has that grit to him, and we were talking about it, it's like the way he'll draw with guys. Kind of, it just. It, I mean, take what you want. I mean from from Draymond but hearing Draymond say like yeah you know I just gained respect for Fox it's like yeah you should have I mean that guy was just he was he he was he was a he was a joy to watch and uh you know I try not to root too much for personal guys too much or I try to see it as objective as possible but it's like I have a he he formed a special soft spot in my heart for De'Aaron Fox that guy's just a pure competitor leader um one of the best in the game Mm -hmm. I think it's him an A plus again for the second half and an A plus overall. I mean, he's just surpassing expectations and then some. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an easy one. But on to Mitchell, maybe a little, a little harder for choice. I do. You, what do we give him in the first half? Maybe you got a C in Ooh, the first half. A C. He, he was he was very disappointing in that Indiana game where he started for Fox was yeah. one of the one of the highlights because it just seemed like that was. Such an illustrative performance, him getting a starting role where he just did not have his foot anywhere near the gas pedal on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Never made uh, attempts to get into the paint. I think he, I don't know, have the stats right in front of me, but it's just like, unless it was an open three that came into his lap or maybe something in transition, it, he was never pushing for anything. And after that, you saw him, especially after the All-Star break, you saw him settle into his role, find a nice mix of aggression that really started to shine in the like late and then into the playoffs. Um, I think he really had a bounce back second half, if we can call it that. I mean, I would be kind of tempted to give him an A minus because it's like when you start talking, especially if we're talking about grades based on specific expectations and specific role, not like overall, like a player's overall on a like 2K roster, but relative to the role and expectations, that's a bounce back second half. I would almost give him an A. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he definitely kind of he definitely stepped it up after that Indiana game. Um, and I mean, just his playoff performance I thought was spectacular. The way he guarded Curry, the way he started to really show off his offensive skill set um, when it was needed during the playoffs. Yeah, I was thinking mm, I'm gonna go with an A minus. I was kind of thinking B plus A minus. Um, yeah, I can be talking A minus, maybe not an A. Um, I agree with like uh, expectations and whatnot, but I mean, I feel like for him to get an A or an A plus, he'd he'd really have to wow me. But for his role, I, he was he was solid and what the Kings expected out of him. I think that's fair. I mean, like I think one of the things that would have been would have probably been more worthy of an A would be if he. Let me see what his post All Star break percentage was. Yeah, he's he's if he shot over thirty four percent from three in the second half, 
but he didn't. He's, he only shot 32.3% yeah. from three in the second half. I feel like that's – and you even hear him talk about it in his um, end-of-the-season press conference. It's like, what's your what's your goal for the offseason? It's like, same as last year. It's shooting consistency and being a vocal leader um, on the floor. And you really would like to see that three-point shot at least start to fall a little more consistently. But I mean, overall, I would with the C in the first half and A minus in the second half, eh, B minus B for the overall in the season. Not a, not the best second season, but I think as it went on, his he just kept climbing, and um, it really is setting up for a pretty critical third season for him. Um, bit B minus B overall. What do you think? I'm gonna go with a B. I mean, yeah. his first half wasn't spectacular, but. He really showed off in the second half and meeting down the middle between like an A minus and a C. I think B is solid. He had a, he he had a D. He had a, I think he had a B year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And then on to uh, I guess Delavadova. I mean, perhaps uh, the best of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know. I was like, I I knew you gave Alex Lynn and uh, what was it like? Uh, what was the exact word? What was his grade? Uh, in the first half? Yeah. Well, we gave I gave him a D plus, but we gave him a D plus. Well, maybe what did I want? What, what's the word? I guess like it just should. Oh, be like an incomplete. Incomplete. Yeah. It, I just I don't remember him playing much in the second half. I mean, for when he, he did, did, that was non garbage time. I mean, I want to say he did well. I don't remember it being much though. Mm-hmm. And then he broke his hand. Um, yeah. And didn't even play in the playoffs. I just want to give him an incomplete. And if anything, I just want to give him an A. Because <laughs> I feel like when he did come in, um, he was fine. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so interesting with Del because in a lot of ways, he's just exactly what you want. And even with him not playing so much in the second half, it's like you hear those stories about him sitting down with Terrence Davis on the team plane or whatever. And then Davis like goes off in the next game. Uh with an opportunity, I think Herter was had hurt his leg or something, lower leg or knee, um, kind of late in the year and missed a few. Outside of that stuff, it's the impact on the floor, like you said, didn't necessarily have to be there, so it wasn't really there. But just in terms of being that third point guard, which includes kind of bringing that championship experience, that leadership. I mean, I guess it would be kind of hard to give him an A. Although last, I guess in the first half. I guess my argument was B plus because I felt like if he had to take over backup point guard duties for like two or three weeks, which thankfully never happened, I just wasn't convinced that he would have been perfect, obviously. I mean, maybe just not exceptional, but that was more like speculation and me wanting to be a tough ass. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to give him anything lower than an A, A minus, because think about the third point guard. We even said it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. That it's like this guy's more than a third point guard. He's essentially an extra member of the coaching staff. And we're looking at an offseason where they're going to make a decision. He's probably going to make the decision whether he wants to continue playing. I think he's only 32, so that's not Dang, um, that's crazy. Um, or it, or he's just going to join, join the coaching staff. Which maybe is predicated on whether Jordy Fernandez gets a job somewhere else as a head coach. but And then just kind of moving everybody up the line. But that, that that's more for the future we're talking about this season. I mean, it seems kind of easy to give him an A. 
Yeah. Relative to the role. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he's exactly what you wanted in a third string point guard. And when he, when his number was called, he showed up to play. Yeah. I think the one thing that's a shame is that when he hurt his hand, it was the game they clinched, I think. And it was in garbage time. It was definitely in Portland. It was one of those two games in Portland. And it's just like, <laughs> like what a bummer to get hurt. I know. Yeah. I wanted to see him uh, take on at least Curry for a little bit in the playoffs. but Yeah, throwing those different looks at him, that would have been... I mean, everybody in the league would have eaten that up, especially the way J.R. Smith kind of set out the runway for that. Yeah, that is true. That would have been crazy. That would have been fun. Yeah, but But, good group of point guards there. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I mean, they got... I think Fox really carried it to... You know, an A. Delva Dova carry two with his A. So I I mean I think at the end of the day it's like an A A minus group, even with Mitchell's B. Um they were yeah. spectacular. Yeah. I think Davion's second half and playoff mm-hmm. uh showing was just a huge boost to him. Yeah, I think so too. But moving on down. Shooting guards, next guard spot, Kevin Herter. What do we give him in the first half? B plus? B, B plus. B plus. B plus. Man, he, because the second half wasn't terrible. He started shooting the ball a little better after the all-star break. But, I mean, at the end of the day, looking at those playoffs, it's hard not to give this guy, like, a C, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm glad that you said that, because that sets up for a hearty conversation here. For the second half and playoffs, I was tempted to give him a, B minus because I was tempted to give him a B plus just by the end of the regular season alone. And then that's the playoff performance was, we could totally agree. If we were grading that playoff performance on its own, that is, is not above a 70% in any way. It's probably, you can, I, I don't believe in giving people F's if they're putting in some kind of an effort, I guess. Um, just as professionals, let's give them that respect. I don't think mm-hmm. it is necessarily a failure. But it's like, damn, dude, what a drop off. Yeah. He was still really good in March. He shot over 42% in the second half. So that like regular, he really ended the regular season pretty well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to giving him a C plus in the second half. Although my gut feeling was B minus just because, I don't know. But I guess you have to weigh the playoffs a little more importantly. I mean, that's hey, kind of a big deal. That's how I feel. Yeah. So, okay, C plus. I kind of agree with that. And, and also, like, let's not lose sight of the fact that, like, defensively, I mean, aside from his weak side help, which never really got to surface too much in the playoffs, he had a really rough year <laughs> at different points. And, um, you know, we, we talked about him perhaps helping with his conditioning and stuff in the offseason because of all his movement on offense, and maybe that would help keep his legs fresher throughout the season. I think that's still – that's even more – paramount because if what it would do for him on defense i mean he's gotta gotta improve that somehow so Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll have to we'll have to see there but yeah he knows that he's got to work on conditioning and stuff just how much this team moves and likes to run and whatnot i think that definitely applies to the defensive end too yeah i think yeah it does and luckily he said he's gonna work on it because uh he needs to i'm glad he's time yeah thanks big hurt you really did a big hurt to the team huh (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness 
But um, but yeah, B plus in the first half, we'll C plus. So what, B minus overall or B? That's kind of. Uh, I'm good with the B minus. I honestly just because I just, I think the playoffs just really outweigh everything, and he was he was that bad in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Pathetic. Oof. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Kevin. I hate to say it because more more pathetic than wearing the headband at the three point contest. <laughs> God. Luckily, that was in the first half, right? Technically. <laughs> Whatever you call it. I mean, I even the all-star break. It's like, not really the half, but it's like that's yeah. what everyone calls the half. Yeah. Um, I cut him slack for the, the charade he had to put up with from the media after that. And he came out strong after that, but I, you, we always kind of expected it. It's like, all right, this guy, uh, he needs some rest. And... Mm-hmm. Um, he got it, but then once his legs got tired again, he was uh, all downhill. Yeah. So B, on to B King minus Monk. Oh my goodness, King Monk. Do you know Malik King Kings means King Arabic, bro? Dude, how'd you know? I didn't think I didn't think you knew that. I didn't think anybody knew that Malik meant King because I don't think anybody's ever said that on a broadcast before. And if they said it, they definitely didn't repeat it every week. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, wait. Mark Jones did. He said it every week. Dude. Every week. But uh, he sure played like a king. Uh, I think if we're talking about weighing the playoffs pretty big. I mean, we gave him a B in the first half. I think a lot of that was predicated on the fact that he was kind of inconsistent and maybe got banged up at a certain point. And, you know, his his impact kind of seemed to wane for a second there. But I feel like he had a really good second half and he was probably the second I'm not probably he was the second best player on the Kings in the playoffs I want to give him an a minus for the second half yeah I mean it's hard not to he was incredible um especially in those playoffs good off the bench yeah he was still inconsistent but if we're grading the playoffs a little higher uh to weight the average I mean a minus for sure he stepped up when he needed to and he was one of the better bench players I mean, all season, really. So, yeah, I mean, he he, does, he deserves nothing less than yeah. A-minus. He shot over 42% in the second, I mean, post-All-Star break. He had the highest plus-minus in the playoffs of any Kings player. His, he was just fantastic. And it was it's just such a joy to watch him and, and Fox, old buddies, just go off together. Yeah, it really is, huh? Yeah, kind of talking about that soft spot forming. It's just like, man. Malik Monk's always been a funny guy. It's always funny to listen to him go up for a layup. I remember like one of the preseason games, he went up for a layup and like didn't get a foul call. You just hear him go, oh, God damn. And it's just like you can hear it on the camera. I'm like, I'm going to love this guy. I'm going to love this guy so much. You hear that all the time. He's a funny guy. He's always laughing. He's a real, he's really one of the more pleasing players to to watch on yeah. this team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love Malik's, Malik. He's such a fun guy. Yeah, but that's so, not even why he gets an A minus. He was just honestly terrific, consistent with his facilitation. He was around four assists all season. His defense. We were talking about at the beginning of the season. I think this is kind of important to note. We we're like, yeah, everybody's so hyped on Malik Monk, but I don't think people realize that he's a real liability on defense. That's like, man, that, he was not a liability on defense. He was surprisingly decent on defense. I mean, like yeah. obviously he had his bad moments, but he had a lot of good moments. I feel like he played himself into pretty decent positioning, bought in, obviously, to what Mike Brown was doing, like a lot of guys. And uh, he's a smart, talented player. So I just – that ended up working out pretty well. And 
he should continue to improve on that end uh, another year under Brown. And yeah, Malik Monk. I really think that that six man of the year thing, hopefully he can put together a more consistent season uh, this upcoming year. Because it would be great to see him get recognized or at least finish in the final three for six man of the year next season. Yeah, I think he can for sure. I think he actually enjoys being in sack too with his buddy, like you said, De'Aaron Fox. But I think on top of that, I think he really enjoys sack and hopefully he can be more consistent going forward. And I mean, if he can, I don't see why he wouldn't even be able to win it at that point, especially for what the Kings should be doing, you know, next year. They should be one of the better teams. So, yeah. And, and just on the notion of him feeling at home, he got asked in his exit in your interview whether he felt like Sacramento felt like home. And he said a thousand percent, yeah. So, you know, a thousand percent, that's a hundred percent, that's a hundred times a hundred, right? Dude, no. no. no a hundred times ten. That's right. You that's why you're a little major. That's, <laughs> they're idiots. It, it's true. It's true. We're not capable of anything else. So, no. Yeah. Stick to writing. I'll try. <laughs> but uh his end of the year grade a minus that what we said or was that yeah. his second half grade okay that's his second half grade and i think that's what because b first half a minus this I, I i don't feel comfortable giving him a b plus so i'm gonna i'm gonna say a minus overall i like it it's fair okay and then the last shooting guard of the bunch we got terrence davis i mean i really like td a lot I mean, I just want to give him like a B, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm really, having a lot of trouble like actually picturing the second half. I, I feel like I'm just getting really clouded by just the playoffs. I don't know. One of the things with Davis is we gave him a B plus in the first half because he, for his role, he constantly showed he was ready. He had some huge games. And I think one of the things that kind of hurt his – ability to get on the floor in the second half was the ascendance of Kessler Edwards. And like for that, cause he still shot like around 38% from three. He had some pretty big games stepping in, but it didn't seem like it was as big of an impact as that first half, which is fair to say. Um, but I don't feel comfortable giving him anything like low. I, first half, B plus second half. I don't know if I want to give him a C plus. I almost feel like giving him a B minus just because, you know, even when the opportunities came, he was still pretty solid. I still feel like it wasn't as great as the first half. But again, I think that had to do with the volume of opportunities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like C plus or B minus. I kind of want to give him a B minus. I feel it was much nicer this time. Yeah, than, yeah, I feel like you're very mean that first half grade. I was like, I gotta be a tough ass. You just, you just kind of a dick. But, uh, <laughs> you wanna uh, give Lynn a D? <laughs> <laughs> he obviously sucks. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I'm good with a B minus. I feel like he showed up in the playoffs a little too. Um, even maybe we didn't want to see him as much in that game seven. But um, his job is to go out there and play hard, and he did that, and I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, and shoot. So that's what he did. True. And he's a good shooter. I, I, I trust Terrence Davis uh, a lot. So, I Yeah, to be, to be fair, I mean, behind Keegan Murray, he had the second best three-point percentage. So, in the mm-hmm. playoffs, rather. <laughs> I should clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, Terrence Davis, and one of the things about Terrence Davis is uh, hopefully he gets a good opportunity coming up this next season because I don't really know that he'll be back with the Kings. I feel like that's kind of one of the more sure things in my mind. I mean, opinion-wise, I don't really see him coming back. I think he'll want to take a one-year deal somewhere where he'll get maybe more of a rotational role and try to set himself up for a bigger contract. But Yeah, I think so, too. I just I don't see him staying in sack. Especially with Herder and Monk above him. But, I mean, I, I didn't really care too much about Davis coming into the season. I know you really liked him. But I'm like, you know, we got Herder, we got Monk. Like, Davis is old news now. Um, but he, he, he surprised me all season long. And I was very happy with what he was able to offer all year. Yeah. So, I think as a third shooting guard, kind of as that you know ninth or tenth guy in the rotation alternating, uh, stayed ready, was pretty effective, played hard. I think mm. a B minus, B, I mean a B, not a B minus. B overall after a B plus in the first half, a B minus in the second. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, actually, let's think about this for the second half because we were talking about the playoffs being weighed more. Does he deserve a B, or am I? Is a B minus actually the plus because maybe he was swinging more on a C plus? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Maybe we should just stick with the B minus. Go with. I like the, I like the B minus. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. TD baby. Should we throw PJ Dozier in there? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I just don't think he had much. Although one of the things that, I'm not going to give him a grade, but it's just like PJ Dozier, kind of stepping into that third point guard role. I mean, obviously they never really had to use it except for again in mop up time. But, you know, good defender, better ball handler and facilitator than I thought. And it'd be interesting to see because he's under contract for next season. Is he? Uh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he sticks around or gets moved in a trade or something like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, if Della Vadova becomes part of the coaching staff. Do they feel comfortable with Dozier being the th- – probably not. He might as well go out and sign Corey Joseph or something. Yeah, <laughs> but very <right>, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or somebody else. <laughs> you know, I bring Kojo back, dude. Kojo, that's just I. Let's call him anything else. Kojo, he's a grown I, man, <laughs> dude. It's Kojo, Kojo, Kojo. Uh, okay, so the shooting guards, I, I, I expected a lot more out of them. Um, I expect a lot more out of Herder. I mean, Herder was great in stretches, but I kind of like Monk. Just, but Monk was more like inconsistent game to game, or or maybe even week by week, even more so. Where Herder was very consistent month to month, and maybe not even inconsistent. He just got worse as time went away without breaks. Mm-hmm. Like he was great at the start of the season, and then got progressively worse until the All Star break, and then got better, then progressively worse. So. Right. Hopefully, hopefully he can get that under you know figured out next year that conditioning. But um, yeah, onto the small forward. Zuh. I guess we have two now officially. <laughs> hey, finally, yeah, it took forever. Uh, but Harrison Barnes, uh, yeah, Harry Harrison buckets. Barnes, Harry buckets. We decided to go with a minus in the first half. You know, being that stabilizing force, being a guy that 
you know, maybe we'd like to see him shoot better from three at that point. Um, he was still kind of a, a consistent veteran presence. Now, I think that can only take you so far. Yeah. And his second half in playoffs, I think if you give Herder a C-plus in that, I think you got to give Barnes a C-plus in that. Yeah, man. I mean, maybe even lower because, I mean. Well, second half, I think he was better than Herder overall. Mm-hmm. So I think his grade should be higher. I don't know, but I, I don't know. It is weird because he was terrible in the playoffs. Yeah, Sorry, I, I mean, overlooked that. I mean, he averaged 10.7 points on 41% from the field in the playoffs and 24% from three. Posted a minus 8.9 plus minus, which was the worst on the team. I don't know. I would say Barnes was worse because I feel like his his job was supposed to I mean, you said it last week, I think. It's like this guy was supposed to be the veteran. Pre- He's the championship experience guy in the rotation, you know. Yeah. To, and outside of a few kind of dunks that kind of just fired people up. I mean, on the floor impact was not exactly there. And defensively, he wasn't very good either. Um, I don't know. I feel like he kind of deserves a C plus also in the second half. I don't know, though. Like, uh, What's the argument for a B minus in the second half? Just, I felt like he was better actually during the regular season than Kevin Herter. Yeah, I feel like he he played he finished the season well. I really yeah. thought I going like going into that the playoffs. I'm like, man, this guy's he's poised to have a big postseason. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, <laughs> but I thought that. Yeah, I think. Because I think one of the things is, regardless if he gets a C plus or a B minus, I think his overall grade is going to be a B. Yeah, let's go B minus for Barnes. Because I think taking into account the intangible leadership aspect, and which is mostly by example and whatnot, but I think that 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 does wonders. I'm okay giving him a B minus. Some people might think that's a little too nice, but you know, I think. Well, they can do their own grades. (laughs) True. So what a B minus, and you think B overall in the season, or do you want to um, B plus? No, I'm good with a B. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's where I dropped the playoff score and really factor that in a little more. That was terrible. Yeah, pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> pathetic it's twice for Herder and Barnes. Pathetic. Yeah, well, I mean, they were not. They were not good when they were supposed to be, you know, two of your five best players. Yeah, exactly. Um, here is a little more of a bright spot. Didn't get a first half grade, but Kessler Edwards in the second half, we saw him play a pretty nice defensive role at times, checking pretty good players. I think defensively he was awesome in those 21 games post-All-Star break, and he did what he had to do. Played his role, didn't try to do too much. Um, he shot 35.7% from three. Dang. I really think, you know, Kessler Edwards has a club option. I think there's no way the Kings don't pick that up. Yeah. I think this guy's going to no be. Way. He could really put himself into a position where he's not only part of the rotation during the season throughout the whole year, but if he can really gel with everybody and make improvements, he could be huge come playoff time. Oh, um, huge. Really interested to see how he'll be able to, because I think he has a chance to really just slide right into this core, so to speak, 
and uh, be huge. I mean, I think given the role, given the expectations of when we when the when the when Monty McNair traded for him, I think you got to give him an A minus. I, I think so too. You don't really have any expectations. Kind of like, all right, what do we, what do we we gave up? Who for this guy? David Michino, which David, I get. I, I need you know? to know. I need to know. Did I remember? I need to remember this. David I say it every time. <laughs> David Michino, man. I mean, you give up a lot, but you know you got a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah. but seriously, we said that this was a low risk, high reward trade. He's proven to be on the higher end of the reward uh, category, I guess. Kessler mm-hmm. Edwards, just just awesome. Yeah, I think that I was such him. a such an underrated move by McNair. Yeah, really. Because I'm, I'm a trade deadline where everyone was just making moves left and right. Yeah, the Kings get Kessler Edwards. That's gonna that's gonna be their their trade deadline. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, it's like whatever, but I'm also like, all right. You know, we could just give up like two second rounders and got probably any player in this league. We could have gotten Jared Vanderbilt. JV. Who? Bunch of casuals. <laughs> uh, but Kessler Edwards, just just great in terms yeah. of what he needed to do. Uh, A minus is pretty easy. Yeah, I agree. He deserved it. And overall, at that small forward wing position, I mean, still, I mean, Barnes was pretty solid and Kessler Edwards was a pleasant surprise, I guess would be a nice characterization. Mm-hmm. And maybe not even that much of a surprise. Cause it's like, even after a while, it's like we, we, when we, when we talked about that trade the week of, it was just like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And then like the next week after sitting on it for a week, being able to digest it. I mean, it was, it was clear that it was not a bad move at all, but um, yeah. Yeah. Kessler Edwards, Harrison Barnes, not bad. <laughs> no. It'd be interesting to see how the small four position looks like next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not bad at all. I mean, what we give Barnes a, a B for the year and Edwards about an A minus, considering he's only on the team for half a year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. About a, about a B plus B, I guess, because Barnes holds more weight. But I guess yeah. on to the other forward position unless you have more to say no 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 perfect moving on to keegan murray i mean a right i mean i think for second half i think it's got to be an a because we gave him an a minus in the first half and i think all the things that he needed to grow upon he showed growth at so i think an a and and obviously we're talking about the playoffs we're talking about how much that playoff showing is going to do for him next year and there's Extra high hopes. Not only is he a first team all rookie, but he he could be he could really you know make a substantial jump in year two. I think it's pretty easy to give him an A, especially yeah. like standing up as a rookie and remain I mean, remaining confident, remaining poised. Just kept growing. So, what, what more is there to ask for? I feel like his second half was almost better in that regard with, with growth than that first half, which is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when it should start to accelerate. Yeah, so. exactly. And he had a, after those first two games on playoffs too, he was, he was super good, super effective. Yeah. He, he deserves it. I mean, he was, he had the, he was the only one that uh, shot over 36% in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which is that, <laughs> that, that really does paint a pretty big 
reason why they the team as a whole struggled. But uh, Murray did his part from beyond the arc as much as you could ask. Mm-hmm. And then just the jumps and being able to rebound. You've seen defensive growth, growth with the ball in his hands. Hopefully all of that is just multiplied. Yeah. But, yeah, he was terrific. I think this was one of the, like, this was a good positional group just with with Murray and going on to the next fellow. But, I mean, I guess an A minus an A. What do you think, A minus or A for the final grade? Um, I just think an A. All-rookie first team hit 200 threes, shot like yeah. 41 from three. I mean, that's a, that's all you can ask for from a rookie and yeah exactly it's probably that. more than they it's probably more than we could ask for exactly honestly. yeah i think you're right so i i think i think he just gets an a he mm-hmm. was awesome and uh trey lyles we gave him an a minus in the first half i think that was kind of a no-brainer in terms of consistency on both ends of the floor as a bench player he seemed like the guy not necessarily the best bench player but most consistent most reliable star in his role type guy I think the only thing that really changed in the second half was his three-point percentage. But even then, I mean, he still shot 36% in the uh, post-All-Star, which goes right into it. So that initial impression that I had, like based on the eye test of like, yeah, his threes weren't falling at the same clip in the second or in the post-All-Star break. Well, they did. (laughs) So I I think and he's always been – one of the smarter players in terms of squeezing into where he needs to go. One of the most consistent rebounders has a great body for boxing people out. I mean, it just seems like a no brainer to go a minus again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. has to. I mean, Lyles was so good. He was one of the key players off the bench. Maybe not always put up. He wasn't like the highest scorer. That was monk or, you know, off the bench, I guess. Or, I mean, he, he grabbed rebounds very well. He's kind of like, I don't know. He was just awesome. I love Lyles. And yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll probably get more into it later, maybe in another podcast. But, I mean, you have to resign that guy. You have to. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he's got early bird rights. So that, that definitely helps the King's cause. And I think the fact that Trey Lyles is a journeyman and he's said it himself, he's never felt so close to a group. He's never felt so at home in the NBA. And he's a guy. You know, that's bounced around and uh, he must have had and I, that can't be easy, you know, mm-hmm. coming into the league and just like coming in as a young guy coming out of that uh, a very successful program and then like going to Utah and never really getting footing. You know, eventually he went to you know, after I think a trip in Denver, he went to San Antonio, kind of looked like maybe he'd be able to carve something out. But then San Antonio didn't want to keep him. He signs with Detroit. Detroit trades him. It's just like, well, now I'm in Sacramento. Eh, everything worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw it last season. It's just like, man, like, you know, even with DiVincenzo there, he still felt like by the end of the season last year that he was the second best pickup at the, the, the trade deadline. And I mean, after the season he put in, that trade deadline that McNair pulled off last year looks like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Trey Lyles is just the exact guy you want coming off your bench and uh, smart, close with the guys does a bunch of different things. We'll call him the MCP of the bench, the most consistent player of the bench. <laughs> uh, he's another guy I have a soft spot for. I love Lyles. So he does he get an A minus on the year as well? Yeah. A minus all the way around. I think so. He was fantastic. 
And then on to the four centers. Or, wait, am I miscounting? No, I think there's four. There's four centers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to forget about uh, good old Chemezi Metu. Yeah. Um, I didn't even write him down here. Oh, my God. Chemezi Metu, a bit of a we'll, – we'll get to him, but uh, go ahead with the uh, other all-star on this team. Yeah, so, I mean, you start off with Sabonis. I mean, he gets an A for sure, no matter how you felt about him in the playoffs, I think. I mean, that he was so good. And down the stretch, I feel like he was getting triple-double every other game, like for real, though. I mean, he was arguably the best player in the regular season. And, yeah, maybe he didn't show up as much in the playoffs. It's not like he didn't even show up. He just – it just wasn't a good matchup for him. Exactly. And it was just a shame because uh, you play the Lakers in the second round. He's going to be battling, having a lot better series. But we never got to see that, unfortunately. But I don't think he should be knocked too hard. Like, yeah, like he should be knocked a little. I get it. But he was – he did everything he could get for this team. And yeah, he gets an A or an A-plus, just like Fox, the two all-stars on this team. As I think they deserve. Yeah, I feel like the only reason I would knock Sabonis down – is if I felt that they lost the Warrior series because of him. And I really don't feel that way. I just think the three-point shooting decline, the, the decline in performance from guys like Barnes and Herter was far more uh, of, a, of a stain on their ability to win that, that, that tough series. And as you said, as we were saying going into the series, this was not a favorable matchup for Sabonis. The Warriors are a weird team when it comes to the center position. And... It, they can make things difficult. And so we knew what Sabonis was getting into. Like you said, take the playoffs out of it. He was just, I mean, talk about MCP. He was the real most consistent player all season. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, people shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Sabonis is one of the best centers in the league, one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. No. Not at all. Yeah. So A, 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 you know, first half. Second half slash playoffs and overall grade A. Um, pretty pretty great. Pretty yeah. good, pretty uh, pretty good move to get that uh, Sabonis guy. Yeah, and it was nice to see him in the first full year in the Kings because he looked so good in that second half in sack the first year we got him. But he, I mean, he lived up to all the expectations exactly. in his first full year. Incredible. That's true. Um, it's weird. Do what? What order do you want to go in now? Following Sabonis. I think we should go to Lynn next. Yeah. Just because he was he, the primary backup to Sabonis down the stretch. I mean, for expectations-wise, I mean, I feel like he deserves an A. Right? Yeah. Let me put it this way. I gave him a D-plus in the first half because I felt like, well, they're never giving him a chance. And as much as Mike Brown wants to say, like, yeah, I just haven't given him a chance, that to me felt like, well, they, they, they know that they have a hole here personnel-wise in Alex Len, and they don't want to put him out there. Yeah. Well, I'm throwing that grade out. The dean has taken that off his permanent record. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to say that I want, for the second half, I want to give him an A, and then overall give him an A-. minus. Um, and I just think that that's, that's fair. He really was the most surprising impact player and he finished out eight games of the regular season terrifically. Um, he even played pretty solid into the early games of the playoffs. Of course, with adjustments and whatnot, things were not favorable for him. But if we're talking about things not being favorable for Savonis, 
the fact that it that Len was playing impactfully in the first two games, two or three games, really, he he deserves to be commended for that. And, you know, he doesn't go out there and hurt you really, which was great. Nice size, but wasn't you know a clunky caboose out there. You know. Yeah, and I mean, even that first uh, playoff game, he he won the defense player of the game chain. Right. Yeah. So he had that like emphatic block. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, and, and, and as much as Mike Brown will be like, yeah, blocks don't matter. It's like, man, I didn't even think of the block like, all season. You don't see them in that many blocks. You almost lose sight of the fact that, like a dunk, a block can be an energy play. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, so I mean, Alex Len, he 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 he's earned his flowers. Uh, give me an address, address, Alex. I want to want to send you some edible arrangements. <laughs> yeah, Alex was. It was kind of like where's this guy been all year? And it's not even his fault. It was like it was it was Brown. It was kind of weird, but his yeah. number finally got called and he showed up. You know what's interesting is we saw that game when Sabonis missed that first game against Denver right after the thumb injury and. Um, Mike Brown was diagnosed with COVID, couldn't coach. And so Fernandez went out there and Fernandez, I guess, made the decision to start Len. I wonder how was Fernandez in Brown's ear about using Len all year? I'd be interested to know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm interested to know how much or who was vouching for him because it sounds like whenever Mike Brown finally makes a decision, he's like, yeah, I finally gave in to Jordy or Luke yeah. Fox or Robbie Lemons or, you know, these guys. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to think about. But Alex Len was just terrific. Yeah. Given that he did not have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Then finally kind of got one, and he was just, whoa. This guy's been the best backup, even in an eight-game stretch. He was the best backup all season. But yeah, by far. Incredible. Uh, the guy that almost won that, though, was Chemezi Metu. But mm-hmm. Chemezi Metu just kept doing things to make himself lose the job. He never held on to it for very no. long. And we gave him a C plus in the first half. I want to give him a C minus in the second because it just felt like you lose the job because you start playing outside yourself. You should stop trying to play outside yourself. And he kept doing that and he lost the job again by doing that. And um, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder with players, you know, as much as he wants to play a certain role, it's like sometimes you can't shake the self-perception. And there's some self-perception that Chemezi Metu has where he's like Naz Reed or something, you know, yeah. maybe even better than that, honestly, in his head. Um, <laughs> so it's like, man, and I, I say this again, I was reading um, an article that we posted a year ago going into the offseason about potential free agents. And because Chemezi Metu was going in with a club option, we threw him into the article and I was reading it and it's like, yeah, you know, the interesting thing about him is, is that the way he finished the season kind of being a stretch big, like if he can do that for a whole season, which was never guaranteed, never promised, like that would really play into an opportunity to have a good role and be an effective player. And that just never surfaced. If anything, he got more hesitant with his three-point shot. I think one of his last times as the backup five, and even some of his final performances, he'd get wide-open shots on the wing. He wouldn't even take it. And, yeah. of course, you don't really want Metu to play outside himself, take those shots all the time. But there's a philosophy here to let it fly, especially when you're open. 
and to instill confidence in yourself and to let the other team know that that's a confident shot. And so he was a weird mix of being overly confident and not confident. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. He's a guy that's got full bird rights connections to Mike Brown. So it's like if they want to bring him back for a dime, I don't know, as like a depth piece. But it's just like if you could avoid bringing Chemezi Metu back, I think the based on his season, that's kind of the feeling I get, you know. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of weird. Like, who's going to back up next year? Do you just go to Kata at this point? I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting because Lynn's a free agent as well. Um, yeah, there's, but the interesting thing is the market for centers. Like, there's like Naz. I mean, Naz Reed is probably going to command some money, but there's like Christian Wood is an interesting guy that maybe could get on a one-year deal, kind of have a year that gets him back on track. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. There's some interesting players out there. Maybe they try to add a five through the through the draft and let him and Kata battle it out. I'm not sure, but I just they if the the Kings cannot go into next season being like, yeah, no, Matthew, he'll figure it out. He'll be the guy. No, I, I, I mean, I don't even see <laughs> that. Be dumb too, especially after his lack of play in the playoffs and him kind of just seemingly losing his job down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you you would be hard to even. Like go back to that. It's just yeah. it would, it'd be a bad look. Yeah, but C minus for the second half is that fair? Or do you want to go no. lower? Mm, no, I'm fine with the C minus. I mean, he wasn't like absolutely terrible, but he did lose his job. Which also, it's like I'm kind of happy with that. I feel like maybe if he didn't lose <laughs> his job, he would have been. It may have gotten lower. Chimezi Metu in the playoffs. He screwed us. So yeah, he he kind of like yeah. He didn't get it dropped as low because he didn't get a chance to play. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to Alex Lynn him like he did in the first half. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned not to be so mean. I think yeah. that's why I'm not so mean this time around. It's just like, you know, Alex Lynn proved that. Just give me a second, you know? You don't need to be a jackass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But on to the last guy. And this is a guy I kind of want to give an incomplete as well. Well, not as well, but maybe an incomplete. I don't, it's kind of a weird one because it's like Rashawn Holmes. Can you give him give him an incomplete based on the money he's making and what he's done in the past? That's the he, one stickler. That's the one thing. Or does he just get an F because of that? He was he's non playable. You know, in the first half, we I gave him a D minus because of that whole like principle of not giving a, a guy an F. Although you made a good point. It's like, if you're ever going to give a guy an F, this would be the time. But it's interesting. I was such a jackass in the first half. I'm like, no, don't give Holmes an F. Yeah. <laughs> Defending him. Just screw over Lynn. And, I mean, I'm far more sympathetic just given the fact that it's like, you know, when Mike Brown noted the fact that he's still dealing with stuff off the court, the defamation suit gets filed in early March. I mean, like, I would want to give him an incomplete for the second half. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. Probably, therefore, warrants an incomplete overall. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 at the same time, I mean, uh, Holmes, I mean, there's no way to know exactly what the Kings were more likely, hopefully, uh, another team would get out of Holmes next season at, what, age 32 now or going on to that? Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting, but yeah, I would give him an incomplete. I mean, 
I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt with all the off-court matters as well. Um, Steam, like especially when Brown said, it seemed like it was still affecting him more than he was giving, I guess, the off-court stuff credit. Holmes, I'm talking about. So I'm okay giving him an incomplete. I don't know if he's on the team next year and he's still not playing. If he's going to get the same, uh, he's going to get the same grade, the same generosity of an incomplete. Yeah, they got to find a way to get rid of him though. That's kind of imperative, especially oh. if they're going to either sign a replacement to Barnes or sign a couple of players. They want to put themselves in a good position to set Sabonis up for that contract extension, which I guess would give you another extra year of leeway. But just given everything, I feel like you you have to get rid of Rashawn Holmes in some capacity. For sure. You have to. Just, I mean, you have to find a way. Not going to be easy, way. but one of McNair's hey. biggest challenges yet, really. Maybe that's why McNair held on to a bunch of second-round picks. Yeah, very true. Package him up. Keep but him Rashawn Holmes with five second-rounders. That's not, you know, hey. I'd be like, sure. I don't even care. I don't even care about second-rounders. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, yeah, I can't really blame you. Um, But, yeah, that, uh, incomplete for Holmes. Just at the end of the day, in hindsight, it just seems like that's the, the way to go. Yeah, I think so too. But that's everybody. That's everyone. Should we um, rate KZ Akpala? We gave him a C in the first half. He gets released. Does he get an F? Yeah. <laughs> or did he have, they listed him with like knee splints or like knee soreness or something? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm like, is that a real injury? KZ. Uh, and who is that? With other the guy? Drawn. Oh, Who was the uh, other guy? Chima, Chima Maneke, yeah. Yeah, they get W's withdrawn. Yeah. Poor saps. They'll figure it out. I'm sure Ch- Chima Maneke is going to have a great career overseas. He seems like he's very talented over there. Uh, high, com- uh, Pretty high-priced commodity, I guess. Uh, is he? And then Akpala, I don't know. Y- yeah. Because <laughs> he won the MVP of that one tournament going into this season or whatever, which was kind of a big deal. But... You know, that's only important relative to that level of competition. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean anything here. But mm-hmm. Akpala, you know, I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah. But yeah, it's a grades. I, I mean, I think maybe, maybe it's just me and you conversation. Maybe we should hold off on the offseason talk for. I think so. Talk. Yeah. I think we could do a whole offseason preview next week. Stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. Yes. Stay tuned. Off-season preview next week. <laughs> Just revealing you. Uh, um, Is there an echo? Yeah. That's the Kings grade this year. I think as a whole, they get an A. Into their playoff drought. I mean, still a lot of awards. The rebounding yeah. champion. Um, the clutch player of the year champion. The NBA coach of the year. Executive of the year all NBA or all rookie first team for Murray. Probably going to be looking at some all NBA teams this or today with uh, Fox and Sabonis. Just in just an incredible year altogether. Third seed in the West, most wins since 2006. Just an incredible year, really. And, you know, it's going to be hard to top it, but it's definitely possible. And I guess that's what we're going to get into next week how, how the Kings can improve it. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. 
But just keep an eye out for Grady Dick. Keep an eye out for Grady Dick. Dick from deep. The Dickens. Um, That's, you know, Mike Brown says that all the time. He'll always say something, you know, something. (laughs) He he, he played the Dickens out of the something. Or, you know, he scared the Dickens out of me. Or he'll just use that. He's the only person I've ever heard say that. Maybe not ever, but in the league. Doesn't it is like funny. I feel like it's, you hear that more like TV or something. The Dickens. The Dickens. Yeah. Grady Dickens. Yep. Grady Dick Dickens. Um, but all right. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, have a good one.